For today's episode, we're dipping into hip-hop, finding out the connection it has with jazz, and touching on the work of artists like Jay Diller, Tricle Bessie, and Kendrick Lamar. Joining me are two musicians who are hugely influenced by jazz and hip-hop. We've got London rapper Barney Artist, who is a member of the Are We Live Collective with Tom Mish, Jordan Mackay, and Alpha Mist, and Corey Ronfield, who's the leader of Virginia-based instrumental band Butcher Brown and drummer for jazz pioneer Christian Scott. Um, we're going to like start things off by playing one of my favourite games called Life Swap. Wow. It's big. Uh, so, you get to keep your life as it is right now. Right. However, I'm going to give each of you three alternate lives for you to jump in and out of as much as you like. So, actually, I'm not going to give them to you. I'm going to give the opportunity to tell me what they'd be. So, mm-hmm. for example, yeah. I'd be a latte artist in a like art gallery setting because I really right. like coffee um i'd be a break dancer in run dmc's uh, it's like that video incredible and i'd be thanks and i'd be an inner city farmer and i'd just dip in and out as i please so i'll be a farmer for an hour and then right. come back to the podcast studio and i'll go off and do some latte art um so maybe like <laughs> hit, hit us up first barney uh i think right i'd be a a film critic in uh in like a really like art house place in like Paris. Cool. I've always wanted to learn French and I feel like the French feel like they know everything and I feel like if you know like French and like like film then you're like the man. So I'd love to like know that. And um, could you write me a good review on Delicatessen that I that like I have you seen that film? Well, well I have but like not very recently so I don't want to then but yeah the film doesn't I missed the hype. Well, I've read so much about it well, being a brilliant film my manager Linda's obviously here and basically I think the thing about foreign films right especially is that the idea is that you're not your supposed is if it's foreign and like there's like depth everything's deep like just for the sake of it being foreign and so that's that's the depth of it, it's just it's, it's being foreign um so that's probably it so you've got, all you got to do is just that like, scratch your scratch your chin and kind of go oh that's beautiful <laughs> it's amazing joke, yeah. so yeah uh I'll be that I would be a uh a what else would I be I would be a a chip shop owner in Glasgow strong <laughs> because I, I I'm obsessed with like uh <laughs> like first of all I'm obsessed with like Glasgow because I find it like an amazing like in Scotland I think they're just really fun like quite funny in terms of like how honest and open they are and, like what is this episode on YouTube about this, this these two chip shops right that have a rivalry and like how like they, they think they're the best chip shop in the world because a famous chef called Rick Stein one, once went there and said that both of them had the best chip shop and they argue about it so I don't want, I want that they played go. the chip shops off each other they played and it's been happening Ooh, for years drama um, and then thirdly I would want to be a a pilot uh, in I would want to be a pilot in Antarctica Ooh. because that then, like, if you can fly from Antarctica, I mean, you're the man because you can fly off ice and I mean, you're the guy. So those are the three things I'd want to do. Those are killer. <coughs> Thank I'm you. inspired. Thank you so much. Corey. <laughs> this is so fun. I never thought about high. this. All right, so, I mean, I'll just go back to at least my childhood. I yep. mean, shit, I would love to have been uh, playing the NBA. Being a, a baseball player or something. I don't know. They make a lot of money. They do. Um, I mean, I played sports as a kid. Um, yeah, that would have been fun. <laughs> you know, I had the size for it, but it wasn't quite quick enough. 
Um, when did you realize? Man, I realized that. <laughs> like, when I was 13 or 14, man. <laughs> and people started dunking on you at like five foot seven, oh, and you're like, talk, getting, you're like taller than everybody else, but they're just like, bam. <laughs> <laughs> My problem was elsewhere with sports. Whenever I played rounders, I don't know if you get that in the States, it's like a really simple baseball. Yeah. Thing. Oh, yeah. I would always. When I was batting, I'd throw the bat as well. I, oh, I couldn't oh, keep hold of it. So when it was yeah. like, oh, as everyone would just kind of start ducking and get a little bit worried. Anyway, back to but your yeah, no, uh, I guess some type of athlete, you know, in an alternative life. Um, and, you know, go in and out of his, uh, please, you know, to go, you know, play it. Pl- like Bernie Williams was a uh, guitar player. And he played for the Yankees. Oh, wow. And he would go play, you know, he was on the, it was in the MLB. Yeah. And then he would turn around and go play jazz gigs at night. Oh, sick. You know, so that, that, would money. Be, that would have been my goal. <laughs> that, but, no, um, no money troubles. Yeah, there you go. And then the second one, yeah. that's tough. Um, I guess I'd say, I mean, something in like engineering, maybe. Mm. Like um, computer engineering. I don't know, dealing with computers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing I'm, you've always been intrigued by, like working with video games mm-hmm. and like creating game systems hmm. all that stuff i mean we grew up in that generation yeah yeah um third one ah let's see that's interesting man because i've never thought about this <laughs> so much you know i've um, got a suggestion if you're stuck you once told me that you love christmas i do love christmas yeah and butcher brown does like christmas shows you do and christmas, christmas shows. tracks which i have dropped in the occasional oh, christmas man, set yeah, i must yeah. say maybe it could be father christmas yeah <laughs> that would be santa claus that'd be dope <laughs> Santa Claus. That'll be. I mean, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna be someone, Just I mean, go why all not? The way with yeah. It, so like, what's your first? I would be the real life Santa Claus yeah. going down the chimney. Yeah. Right. Obviously, that would be the, third the one. only like <laughs> black guy coming down the chimney yeah. might. It might not. Work. Might not go too well. Uh, what, like, what's your fascination with Christmas? I mean, I think it's just a childhood thing. I always have fun during the holiday. You know, just got a bunch of gifts. I mean, I was the only child for seven and a half, eight years of okay. my life until yeah. I had two younger brothers then. Mm-hmm. One was born in 98 and the other one was born in 2000. So okay. I was the only kid. I was the first <laughs> grandchild. So I got everything. Okay. So, um, Christmas so you know, I think it just kind of sticks with me in that way. Uh, I mean, these days I don't really care. It's just like, oh, it's <laughs> Christmas. I mean, I like the feeling of it because, you know, everybody seems to be in a good mood. Mm-hmm. You know, I go see my family. I mean, it's yeah. more of that. Um, my presents are getting worse. That's what man. upsets me is that my presents have just got worse. Maybe you just need oh, to absolutely. improve your list. Every year. No, as in like bad, like like really bad like my, like like really really <laughs> I don't bad. even know what to ask for like <laughs> yeah like it's bad but like like socks are bad right socks are oh, socks are bad right cool <laughs> but I got I got so like for Christmas I redid my my mum's bathroom that was like a present I was like yo you know I'm a rapper now oh my mm. god here's a new bathroom banging right her and my auntie bought me you know the game Fortnite yeah I keep hearing really? about it I haven't played I've it I've never played it right I've never played it they bought me a Fortnite hoodie that was two sizes too small. <laughs> oh, snap. That was my Christmas present. You know what my mom does that's now? That's the only So my mom would just hit me up. My dad just kind of goes with the flow. But my mom would just be like, what do you want for Christmas? Just We'll just go ahead and get it for you. Now, I have a funny story. So, no, like, back in middle school, um, PlayStation 2, and I mm-hmm. used to always get the new NBA Live or yeah, whatever Diane. game. And <laughs> each year for Christmas, I would get the new updated one. NBA Live 02, 03, 04. Simple. And so simple. I would know... Okay, my mom bought this for me at the store, yep. at Toys R Us or whatever. And so, right, I couldn't wait. So the thing is, I knew where she would keep the game. <laughs> and she would have them in the closet. And I would take my game out of the CD. Oh, no. And Swap then open oh, up. Swap it. <laughs> Swap it out. Oh, my days. That's genius. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, it was still like I had to take the wrap off the game. Right. The new one. Mm-hmm. 
but she never noticed it. And I told her like maybe a year and a half ago that I used to do that. <laughs> she didn't know. That's so joke. I yeah, love that. Fair play, yeah. You know, I was like, I just couldn't wait. I was like, I gotta go play this game. Yeah, if you have it in the, yeah, like, you know, I'm seeing the commercials for it. Uh, you know, wait. I'm like, dude, I gotta play with you live. <laughs> that you know. is smart. Like smart. And then you get to play it before your friends do. And they yeah, get you know, I had the game. Away. Just sitting there in the middle of the night, just playing NBA live. And my mom didn't know. My dad would come in my room. Oh, you playing that game again, huh? Yeah. Because the name just looks the same. <laughs> it's it a game, and that game's a game. And the game would change a little bit. Yeah. Like, my new details would change. Right. And, you know, yeah. but anyway. Yeah. Whenever I hear of socks at Christmas, I cringe, because I feel like I've even said this on a podcast before. I'm just, like, repetitive. But I... My partner at the time mm-hmm. asked for some good quality socks. We've been together a few years, you know, yeah. it's, it's getting that stage yeah, where we're yeah. asking for socks. And um, so I got him some really nice socks and then he gave me this. Oh, <laughs> I'm holding oh, up hey. my iPad and oh, I'm like, no. oh. And I think I think on reflection, he was being a bit like, ah, oh, you know, just get me whatever. And I took it quite literally. Um, so uh, I'm always very thankful for this. Oh, he laughed so heartily. Yeah. It was fine. It was all just like comedy value. So it was that all good. So but lovely. yeah, whenever I think of like, that I just cringe for the severe imbalance. Anyway, hip hop. Tell me about some of your favorite records that you like got into when you first found this musical <coughs> room. Like, oh man, what were you uh, first listening to? So I'm not like I'm. I'm gonna just put my cards on the table right. straight away. I wasn't cool. I think a lot of rap, like especially when it comes to rappers, rappers would be like, "Yeah, man." When I was eight, I was listening to Most Def on repeat. Like, I, I wasn't one of them kind of guys. Like, yeah. I was the, the first album I ever bought. My mum bought me Will it, uh, Big Willie style uh, Will Smith's Smith. first album. Yeah. That was the first album I got. Hey, then I got Nelly. Strong. Then I got Nellyville. Nelly. Those are the first two albums, hip hop albums I got. I had no clue I was gonna be a rapper at all. I had no like. There was nothing in my. There was no rap DNA ever in it. So I was if by accident, right? Like later on in life when I was seventeen. That's How did you get into rapping? My so my friend Alpha. Shout out to Alpha, my best friend. Known him since I was six years, since I was four years old. Um, we grew up in an area called East Ham, which is like quite a rough area in London. Grew up, grew up, grew up. He just started playing piano, mm. and like from him playing piano, like quite late, um, he then started playing jazz piano, gotcha. and then from jazz piano he started making jazz beats, and then t- showed me about Jay Diller. And uh, I used to like when I first started rapping, I was really bad. Like really, really bad. Like embarrassingly bad. Like like <laughs> dreadful. On your Instagram, you yeah, played exactly. your first track yeah, the other day. Yeah, I played my first song on my Instagram because people were. Yeah, you can go. It's dreadful. Um, and then basically, like I found hip hop, like in that capacity, and then I learned. Oh, I I can talk and say things and like say stories and oh, it sounds different. And that's how I got into hip hop. So I have like that's like seventeen years of me just listening to absolute trash. Um, you know, like real bad stuff. But like, yeah. So shout out to. Shout out to what if Will Smith gets a bad rap? I feel like he gets. I feel like he gets hated on. I think so too. He's a legend, though. There's a reason he's been around for. Over he won years. the first Grammy. He won. He, he won the first hip hop. The Grammy. first. I didn't the know one, that. The first hip hop Grammy. Wow. He won best hip hop for the first Grammy. I think with him though, it's like with. I think with age, people are starting to appreciate it. Because, yeah, yeah. You know what? He would. He's in his. He's almost fifty. Or he yeah. might be fifty. Right. right. Fifty plus. He's not going to try to sound hard now. Ooh, ooh. So it's like. It's that whole now. It's like, oh, it makes sense. Yeah. Like back in the day, exactly. he was young, and they thought he was corny. Yeah, yeah. He didn't have this edge. He was yeah. just having fun. Yeah. But I'm now, almost on the flip. I feel like some of his music from the '90s kind of has aged quite badly. Like yeah. some stuff you oh, listen back sure. to, oh, come yeah. On. yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. And you, some stuff you listen back to, and it's like, oh, this takes me back to a time. Definitely yeah. his music. It's the poppy yes, yeah. beats yeah. of it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think him as an artist and just as a as a mm. as, as a being, a, yeah, as a being, has aged like wine. Like, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. 
you know, it's not like, oh, he's just an old head now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, like, yeah. when you see him, it doesn't seem like he's lost a step. Exactly, yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm so sorry that when we speak about jazz, I don't think Will Smith was supposed to be, like, we speak about jazz. I don't I know Will Smith wasn't probably the thing that you're going to hear. Oh, so mate, it, my fa- it's well, my favorite, open. So my favourite hip-hop records in terms of, like, it's probably, because it was difficult to think about this. I was I was struggling to think about my favourite hip-hop record. So I have, like, three. So it's um, College Dropout, mm, Kanye yeah. West. Mm. Um, Midnight Marauders Tribe Called Quest this third one's difficult but I'm gonna go The Roots How I Got Over so those are my three those are my my three and then like a fourth is like uh, Kano's Home Sweet Home and then the fifth is Boy in the Corner Dizzy Rascal so those are those are two the last two are like British rappers you might not have heard of that's a good spread Um, those are like my five nice those are like my five of like and they're all for different reasons so like uh, uh, I think Tribes Midnight Marauders the beats and the vibe mm. and the and the melodies and the way that it flowed, I think that was just like that's I suppose it kinda of harkens back to your question about jazz and hip hop. I kinda of feel like there's such similarity like I I th- it's definitely a child like hip hop's definitely a child of jazz, I think, in terms of its freedom, um, the cadences, the expression, the tone, tonality, all that kind of stuff is very you can see the the differences and and how also the similarities in it. And I feel like Min Lat Marauders is definitely a, you know, the samples itself, like a very, you know, jazz influence. So that album and then uh, uh, College Dropout Storytelling, I think is mm. like incredible, like, and a concept and a concept album you can literally see and this idea of like, you know, someone saying something that did it in a really different way and then obviously the beats are banging as well. And then, and you can hear Chicago in it, yeah, can't you? Man. Like that gospel sort yeah, of influence like that fully, runs through man. Like, and 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 his and his grasp of it, and he decided to like not run away from that. He and at the time, like people weren't making music like that really. Like it kind of was filtering in because Kanye had been producing for everybody else. Mm. But like for him to kind of put his stamp on it and his rap style and kind of do that, and I know he didn't write everything himself, and I know Ramfest had a big part to play in that. But like. I, I don't know, yeah, the Chicago element in that and him kind of putting his stamp on it and making it accessible to everyone. I think that's a classic. And then How I Got Over, I just think that's just like a, just an amazing live, just sounding. And Black Force, the greatest rapper ever oh, for me. Yeah, right. Um, so those are my... Yeah. yeah, Corey, hit me with... I mean, you're, you're from an area that has produced a lot of like mm. hip-hop legends, right? Like, legends. Like, did any of those kind of feed into your favourite hip-hop records when you were growing up and discovering music? Yeah, I mean, I don't have, and it's funny because it's like, it's tough. You know, it's like when people ask me who my favorite drummer is, I can't really list, I can't really narrow it down. Mm. But I can tell you, like, man, yeah, it was huge um, because back in, I mean, I'm 28 now, so I was born in '90, and I remember throughout the mid '90s, early 2000s, um, Teddy Riley yeah, was living course. down there. Yeah, and so my dad would see them in their Bentleys, and the whole group from Black Street lived mm. in that area as well. So you had those cats, and Pharrell was like an intern. Mm. Working underneath he produced He produced one of the songs SWV yeah, That's yeah. his voice on it And that yeah. came out in 91 or 92 and yeah. Nobody knew who it was yeah. wow. But you heard the riff S double yeah. U That's Pharrell yeah. But um, you know Later on um, I guess This is around middle school for me Like All of that stuff was so popping Because I mean NERD yeah. Was putting out all this fire And it was such a different thing um, Because I was talking to somebody yesterday About that Because like Pharrell and Chad they were having, they had this like black skater thing going on, hip hop skater vibe, which mm. you hadn't seen yet yeah. in, um, in music. Mm. And then they also had this alternative rock si- situation with NERD. So that was cool. 
Now, Timberland was a different beast, and so was Missy. Yeah. Because with that area, being that Virginia is a southern state, we're not deep south like Atlanta. Like, so we didn't have that, you know, and we weren't northeast. Mm. So we were kind of a hybrid, and we also had to be weirdos. Yeah. Which means, like, you know, you would hear, like, little babies in the song, like, little baby voices <laughs> in the song. And just, like, it was so quirky, and it was dope and brilliant. Um, and, like, it definitely spoke to me, man, because I was, like, I mean, we all got behind it. We were just, like, yeah, two up, two down, VA, you know, mm-hmm. like, that was it. Because where I grew up, it's not a huge city. Mm-hmm. It's not a huge area for, like, the industry. Not a, You know, we don't get the big shows. So, um, you know, you have to go out and get it. And... I feel like sometimes you need you can't just be good when you come out of Virginia. You have to be great, yeah. you know, because in order to get further and be seen, you got to stand out. Mm-hmm. And so I think you know Missy Timbo and uh, Pharrell D'Angelo, yeah. they all like you know really put in their work and found a way to like put their mark on the industry and like you still hear about them 20 years later Mm, totally where did you guys start to hear like or notice the crossovers between jazz and hip-hop or like notice the relationship between the two i first heard it well it's funny because like you know he brought up you brought a track called quest Mm. and when i was a kid i mean i was like three or four i didn't know what was going on but (laughs) i remember um watching the Wayans brothers yes and that's the first at the very at the very beginning Wayans brothers uh, it's the show with Deshaun and Marlon Wayans. Yeah, They're yeah. Keenan and Ivory, uh, Keenan Wayans and uh, Damon yeah, Wayans' little brothers. brothers yeah. And they all, like, uh, Keenan used to be on Living Color. Yeah. This is before my time, honestly. Yeah. But I-, I heard about it, and I think they used to play the reruns. Mm-hmm. But anyway, there was a channel, I think it was called UPN, and they used to play a lot of the black shows on that channel. Yeah. A lot of, um, Over here, we had a, tr- a channel called Trouble. That okay. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. So... At the beginning of the show, yeah, they used to it used to be kind of cheesy, and then all of yeah. a sudden they would like change out of these clothes, and then it would look like New York City, yeah. and then electric relaxation would drop, and I was like, every time I heard it, I would just stop in my tracks and be like, exactly, the same. just kind of like, man, this is, sounds cool. I'm like four or five years old, three or four, I don't know, and I had never. It was like, damn, this is this is something fresh. Like here, I didn't know what an upright bass was yet, but the harmony and the chords had a vibe yeah. and. It was kind of gritty. Yeah, fully. You heard some jazz in there, uh and then I remember, uh, was it Dickable Planets? Yeah, yeah. But da 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 da. My dad used to love that song, and because it was kind of jazzy, had the horns and the upright bass kind of walking thing going on with a hip hop beat, and that also was something that kind of made me turn my head. Mm. And then two years later, Brown Sugar came out. That hit D'Angelo had, and that had a jazzy vibe. Even though it was he was singing, mm-hmm. he was coming from more of a hip hop spirit. Yeah, Especially sure. during that time period, yeah, yeah. everybody um, was singing about love, and I don't know, it was like the whole soft R and B kind of thing, a little corny. And he had like Timberland boots on and yeah. cornrows, had some grit. So yeah, I feel like that was sort of my introduction to rap music, hip hop, but. I'd say around middle school is when I really started getting into it because all my friends were listening to Ying Yang Twins, yeah. Mike Jones. <laughs> uh, man, I was listening to all that crazy stuff, man. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Mike Jones. I was wearing tall tees. Cool tees. <laughs> we were all in yeah. baggy clothes. Oh, you couldn't tell me nothing. Throwback jerseys. <laughs> crazy, isn't it? Yeah, headbands for no si- reason. The size of the clothes that we used to wear was yeah. terrific. But, yeah, I, I, I think the thing about jazz is I think jazz itself it came from rebellion right it didn't it, it came from rebellion um and i think it's weird that it's like a really weird space that's happening now where 
there's like a new wave of like jazz right coming through and it's looking it doesn't look like old white men it, there's young like black kids that are doing this that that, that don't have to wear suits and ties mm -hmm. they can wear whatever they want um like yourself you know mm -hmm. and um and and that kind of i think that the most important thing about moving it forward is kind of like letting go of this like preconceived notion of like snobbery oh, yeah. around it mm -hmm. um and i think like, kind of going back to like tribe and like i think now we can kind of appreciate black tribe or diggable planets and these kind of people and go oh that's that that's that's from jack like it's not running <coughs> we're not running away from it we're not going okay that's far away anymore we're kind of going okay that's a uh, that's not far away from jazz anymore because right. before that even to even say hip-hop and jazz in the same sentence there was a lot of like somewhat friction yeah. about like it didn't even work right like oh no that's not and it's like no like and I don't know if maybe, I suppose Kendrick's to be about to fly. I was just about to say that yeah. he's kind of bringing it back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, he's so. really remarried yeah. the two together percent. and like yeah. reminded us of the the connections. Mm -hmm. it, it's become kind of quite cyclical. You're listening to this podcast, which means you're going to be totally into our lineup that we're putting on on the 25th of April in London. We're staying south of the river for Pyjan and Project Karnak at Corsica Studios, a legendary venue. It's pretty small and intimate, but then north of the river in May, at the end of the month, we're heading to Five Miles, which has an incredible sound system as well. And there we've got Kayla Painter and Jeanne Ways, and that band includes Luke Abbott as well. Really amazing electronic music. So get your tickets now before they sell out on Supreme Standards. Twenty eleven. I got really into the Odd Future situation, yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. scene with Tyler, Earl, mm -hmm. Haji, yeah. and that stuff was really cool because they were influenced by a lot of jazz music. Yeah, right. Um, right. And they were kids, yeah. you know, like yeah. my age into that stuff at the time, and I was like, this is fresh. Um, and it was sort of alternative. Flying Lotus was another one. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it it just it was it was like. You could tell that it was something was brewing. Definitely. And then now, finally, like you know, to pimp a butterfly, mm -hmm. kind of put everything together. You know, yeah. this man like was rapping over a, like a modal jazz song. Yeah, like fully swinging, and yeah. he's like talking about ain't free. Yeah, just like man, this is genius. You know, it hadn't been done. Yeah. in a long time. I'm not saying anything is new, but yeah. I feel like we're it's like a 2.0 version of what was happening yeah. in the yeah, 90s, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, Presented in a fresh way. 100%. Yeah. And like there's um, a music journalist I love called Natalie Viner who um, refers to Kendrick as the junk or train of hip hop. Mm -hmm. Like, would you guys kind of agree with that yeah. sentiment? I, 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 I think it's apparent. I think we can kind of see he... He's not the f as like 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 Corey's saying. He's not the first to do like to do it, mm -hmm. but he's the first to take it from this and make it accessible to everyone, mm -hmm. and like people not to be scared of this thing mm -hmm. anymore. I think a lot of the time people were scared of jazz or scared of this thing because they didn't mm -hmm. understand it or not understanding that rebellion isn't supposed to be understood. It's supposed to be felt, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's the thing. It's like now people have the confidence to like rappers are singing more now or like trying to like you know like using live instrumentation now like because it's not separate you don't have to separate the two anymore oh. you can go how do i feel do i feel like this needs a drum solo right. yeah i do do i feel like i need to do that and that's what's happening now and also the musicians themselves are going for me personally are going okay i'm going to work with a rapper this time i want to work with this guy that i that, I'm, that i think is cool rather yeah. than going oh, i don't want to show them that i can play these live instruments yeah. i think things are really kind of like and i think to Pimper Butterfly, personally, I think that was like a real, well, off, it, it was uh, off of the back of a lot of things that happened before that to get it to that point, you know, yeah. I suppose like black radio, all these kind of things that were happening mm -hmm. up to that point, 
led up to this fly low. Do you know what I'm saying? Obviously, these guys were involved in this, but like the wasn't kind of, and then Spin Butterfly was the. Like, There's a lot of catalysts. A lot to of get catalysts, to the final exactly. To get to yeah, the final yeah. thing where it was like, bang, okay, a Grammy winning um, hip hop album. Yeah. That was a jazz album. Yeah. What do you guys think are like the shared yeah. philosophies between hip hop and jazz? Like, not to like look yeah. at them as like two different like sections, but you know, if we sort of like look at the the marriage between the two, like what what's what's in common across it? Or do you think? Um, I mean, I think it's the freedom of expression. I mean, it, it should be. You know, there's a lot of similarities. I mean. Just being able to like freestyle, you know, is very similar to improvisation. It is mm-hmm. basically that. Um, I think it. it well, I think it always was there. You know, I think it sometimes just takes, you know, people's ears to mature. Like, you know, I remember in middle school, kids were like that. I used to, you know, I grew up with were like jazz. You playing jazz? Like, oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> playing jazz? And like, you know, they were listening to like I said earlier, like Paul Wall and like Mike Jones and all the hood stuff that was coming out. Like, yeah. I didn't listen to Dilla until I was like 17, to be honest, mm. you know, Same. when he passed. You know, I didn't yeah. know. He, I, I actually didn't realize that I'd heard Dilla on a, um, he was on Janet Jackson's Velvet Rope album. He did a song called Got Till It's Gone. And yes. he sampled course, Joni yeah. Mitchell. Yeah. But I didn't know that was him. My dad used to love that album and so did my mom. Yeah. And so that particular song was so dope. And Amazing. Once, once I got in Q-tips on it. So I, I think that was the connection. Yeah. But, um... And he did so much, like De La Soul, Tribe Quest. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. He's had a massive uh, impact across hip-hop. But, yeah. you know, I was, I think the marriage of, like, jazz and hip-hop, I mean, I think you can go back to, like, I mean, because talking about Kendrick, the West Coast has been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Snoop, yeah. d- with Dr. Dre, like the whole G-Funk movement, they mm-hmm. were using live instruments on yeah. a lot of that music. And those cats really did appreciate jazz. Yeah. You know, they were listening to records and, like, you know, they were audiophiles, essentially, especially yeah. um, Dre and Snoop. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys always loved that li- the live instrumentation, whereas yeah. I feel like on the East Coast, up in New York, they weren't really doing that so much. It, I suppose it was it, more DJ. Yeah, yeah but, more records. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's I think, the but, lives, yeah, you know, it, was, it was, yeah, definitely. No, I agree. I think I think the West Coast was more, they played it in live. Yeah. I think with the the East Coast, it was more, they'd sample. Yeah, like they'd sample. Pete Rock. They'd, yeah, like they would sample the, 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 the break beats or whatever mm-hmm. and, and flip them over. Um, I, I think, like, I agree exactly what Corey's saying. I, I think, but what I, this, this is what I feel like, the, see, like, you, you were like, oh, they, they were listening to, like, the Yin Yang Twins and, like, Paul Wall, right? Oh my God, Which yeah. is, like, was, like, the hood shit, right? Yeah. Sorry, this way. The hood stuff. Oh, uh, go, go <laughs> oh cool, right, go yeah. fucking nuts. <laughs> um, <laughs> the hood shit. But, like, see, I feel like jazz is hood shit. Yeah. I, I don't feel like, I feel no, like the, the, fa- <laughs> the fact that we're going, like, jazz isn't, jazz is, that jazz is that. Jazz should come from, like it's 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 rebellion mm-hmm. that's how i feel obviously it's difficult because of instruments cost a lot of money and stuff like that but i feel like the, it's, its essence was people rebelling against you know like the norms of it when it first originated and i feel like the spirit of it is so, that's why it's so similar to hip-hop because mm-hmm. it's, it's it's making this feeling it's expressing yourself like yeah improvisation um is very similar to freestyle it's the same thing as freestyling mm-hmm. like rapping wise you know and scatting and scatting is very in, like very sip like it's not i don't know i feel like it's been taken which upsets me and it's about all day it's like it feels like it, jazz got taken mm-hmm. put in a shiny shiny like shiny, shiny suit, shiny suit mm-hmm. and then like we're looking at it like oh like that's not even attainable like why are you listening to jazz that's not even and it's like no like that's that's art like that's it yeah. originates from 
you know, from people like just figuring it out. Like it's kids love. I mean, younger yeah. kids will love the music. It's just all about the presentation mm-hmm. of it, you know, like the packaging. If you're putting it in a place where um, it's just like even like classical music. I mean, yep. Kids don't feel like they can go to that show. Yep. Because they need to be in a tux. Like, exactly. Don't wear no damn tuxedo. Right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. then if you see like some sort of artist who's got like a brass backing and then strings behind them, like yeah. Kano or something, and doing yeah. something really yeah, elaborate, exactly. it's something like, whoa, look, this is epic. Exactly. It's like it's it's the presentation and the branding. Yeah. It's all say. about present presentation and all that, man. I fully so agree with that. Yeah. I think, you know, it that's that's the that's the number one goal, at least for me, is to like make it so everyone feels invited. Yeah. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's important. You know, it shouldn't no one should feel left out and like I think a lot of jazz clubs, um, especially in the sit-down scene. Plus, they you know the cover charge is so expensive. Yeah, they do a minimum, but yeah. you also get in there. And you just feel it just feels so posh and stuffy. So stiff. You know, we want to rage. You know, kids want to go in there and dance and like yeah. stand up and watch shows and not sit down and like you feel like oh I can't yell. Yeah, you well, know? but that's why I feel like there is a movement kind of happening right now. Oh, that we can feel you know all over the world, like definitely in the states, but definitely in London mm-hmm. and definitely. in the UK where these kids that are coming out to these shows are like like kids and they don't and they don't want to like and i suppose i don't want to i don't want to get they're making it fun again yeah they're making i don't want to get in trouble but like i think these venues are now cutting on that these kids are not like kids are interested in this and these kids are the ones that are going to be coming like they're going to take this thing to another level and now they're kind of like playing catch up and they're like okay cool let's do events with these artists that are getting these kids into these places yeah, okay people mm. like new was it um new buyer yeah 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 um, new buyer guys yeah yeah um, there's, lo- there's tons of people yourself yeah, yeah, yeah. right yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, london's a light for mm-hmm. it right now yeah you got y'all, yeah. y'all have some stuff going on yeah. it's fun yeah you're yeah. making it fun yeah. and you know we watch from afar in the states but we can see what's happening and yeah. it's just like that's great because yeah you know you people are just being themselves yeah. and dressing up you know people are dancing and yeah well it's dope to yeah. see because like like alpha I'm talking about shout out to alpha alpha mist that's like so I'm, i've literally seen my best friend from someone had no clue about anything to do with jazz mm-hmm. now selling out big venues on his own doing this and people are coming to the shows mm-hmm. and him doing it in a way that is you're seeing the influences from east london from the grime scene to the hip-hop scene to this and he's merging it in him playing playing keys and people are coming out by the hundreds to the thousands to come and see this guy play jazz mm-hmm. that is Incredible! To I feel like Soweto kind of started yeah. that too, right? Yeah, it's mad, yeah, right? Yeah, that's my kid. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, I heard about him just over here. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, I've been hearing his name for like ten plus years. But yeah. you know, he was a cat that would be out battling people on the street. Yeah, and then he would go run down some blues <laughs> on the saxophone. It's just like, oh, what? This, is, this is awesome. Yeah, totally. Um, but you know what? Going back to your point, Barney, like I feel like. Um, it, the jazz scene right now is quite grassroots it's quite DIY mm-hmm. and I feel like that's something that hip hop culture has always kind of had mm-hmm. as well it's been very much like self-starting sort of thing yeah. um, a Jay-Z. means to its own end yeah. and I feel like the jazz scene's kind of doing it now as well it's less about putting on a suit and playing for people that want to stroke their chin it's yeah. more about like creating something new and fresh and actually saying something that matters and I feel yeah. like that is so in common I right agree now. I do feel like there's a bit of a battle though I do feel like there is yeah. it's like it's like which is annoying to me because I don't think it should be that but it does definitely feel like old jazz versus new jazz and it shouldn't be that it should be Mm-mm. it should be evolving everything should be always you know and and these kids that are arguing the new jazz should be paying homage to the to the jazz people that set the, the you know paved the way totally. and the, and then the the older cats should be going okay 
yo, these kids are taking this, what we've done, and taking it to another place and making it more accessible to the masses rather than going, oh, you're not wearing a suit. There's some pushback, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Especially in the States. I mean, you know, you got the old heads that, like, want to preserve it. Super traditional. You know, jazz police. They're just like, fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's important to respect where it came from. You need to learn how to play your instrument at a high level. Definitely. Do your homework. But once you do that, go and you know create find yourself figure yeah, out what man. you want to be you know it takes time but like you know i think it's important you have to push it forward because yeah. i think that's how it, it dies there that's was a certain generation that like keeps them suits on and they've basically run it into the grave that's at that, this that, point. exactly that's and how it dies if, you, if there's no evolution that's how it dies and the problem is too is that the people that are supporting it right now that older generation is not going to be here forever 100 percent. so what's going to happen in 20 years like if we're not there man it's really going to be dead so it takes you know the glaspers the christians the kamasis um you know you know just everybody else to just continue um reaching and like you know terrence martin you know you'll you'll see him on a two chains album yeah and it's just like what he produced the track on there with rihanna you know he's but that's 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 dope because you shouldn't limit yourself exactly but now we're in a new time period where um you know it's almost Open, it's just open season is, you know man. you you know everybody's kind of cross-pollinating at this yeah. point you know like Rob Glasper's in it will be in the studio with you know some of these cats yeah. you know you'll see them hanging out with the, they'll, they'll show up to the shows you know yeah. um, I mean that's the goal I mean that's the goal I have with my band Butcher Brown like we're trying to do the same thing you know we just trying to be honest with ourselves I mean mm-hmm. we grew up in that environment where yeah. we were influenced by the Virginia movement exactly by the southern movement the exactly. northeast the west coast I mean yeah. But like you know, you just find where you fit in, man, yeah. and you just go with it. Yeah. You know, you don't force it. You yeah. know, Because people will be able to tell if it's like phony. Yeah. If it's, it's not sincere, if it's not coming from a uh, yeah genuine from the place. Heart. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Come join us at Love Supreme's One Day Festival at the Roundhouse on Saturday the 13th of April. We've got co-headliners Laura Mavula and Kamal Williams, as well as Supreme Standard's own stage, headlined by New Graphique. And there's also, importantly, the return of Melt Yourself Down. Go get tickets now. There's more info on supremestandards.com or on the Roundhouse website. back on the tangent quickly to Dilla because I feel like we've mentioned him a couple of times and yeah. like I want to just like worship at the altar of Dilla yeah. for a moment yeah. um, have you guys ever seen the 33 and a third book about donuts no, it's like it's a really good series of books it's on like 160 or something now where it focuses on a particular album and a story behind it or something like it goes really um it's so many different creative ways of telling stories. There's a Black Sabbath album told through the eyes of a kid with autism who wow. finds a way to connect with other people through this Black Sabbath album, but you still mm. learn about the album. Mm. Anyway, there's Jay Diller Donuts one, and I was learning from this book how even in his hospital beds, still making beats, yeah. and he didn't know about, apparently, if I remember rightly, about this copy and paste sort of function on his program at the time. So all of his beats were done with a human hand it wasn't repeated and i feel like that's why it has that sense of this human rhythm to it and not this like you know very like Mm -hmm. i just i and i think you know it's it's through that experimentation or through doing it his own way not even the peer pressure of like people around him being like oh by the way have you thought about doing something like this like he was just so in his own creative path like he found a new fresh way of doing something that lent this whole new human element as Definitely well no, to, sure. to the beats like it's amazing i just wonder like if you guys have 
um, you know, sort of found yourself um, like I don't know, got kind of like moved by any like Dilla, Dilla yeah, albums, like, tunes in particular. Dilla that is we um, talked about. I think my, uh, you know, like somewhat religious religious experience with Dilla. I feel like Dilla is like I, I don't know. For me, he's like the the catalyst, as it were to it all kind of just happening. Mm. Um, I'm a massive fan of the Soul Carrions and what they, they achieved, mm, right? Yeah. And I feel like Dilla, there would be no Soul Carrions without Jay Dilla. Um, I think it I think it was that. I think it's the, his ability to take things and make them sound like like, s- like, like a bat, like they shouldn't work. You can't, like, and that's the thing, like people think, oh, like, I remember having debates with like other people and they're like, ah, oh, he's just thrown samples together and like done like an like an offbeat and it's like no you can't if you get the samples that this guy has used and try and play them to, it doesn't work mm. it's a skill it's musicianship it's, it's surgery it's surgery yeah. and to, to not only have surgery but then to make an entire generation that like you can literally stem back from like the, uh, arguably the biggest rapper in the world Kendrick Lamar and then look back and see that this guy has been a lot like along the way has created this this lineage mm. that has influenced millions of people. I think. I think. Yeah. Like I, th- I think there isn't. For me, he's he's the greatest ever personally um, because of what he did um, and what he spawned and mm. what he created and and his ability to kind of you know um, you know take you know take things and make them into something. Um, and and yeah, so I'm I'm in. I'm all the way. I'm like I'm all the way in. I'm all the way in personally. Mm-hmm. Swimming in Dilla. That's yeah. That's 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 yeah. Dilla is like the guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And I guess with um you know with sampling as well, like being such a big part of of who he was and what he did. Uh, I feel like there is this like this cycle between jazz and hip hop, obviously, where mm. we sample from jazz records to to make something new and fresh. And yeah. there's a tune that comes to mind, which has been on such a journey, like Ama Jamal's I Love Music. Yeah. That yeah. was then sampled, oh, was it by Dilla? Yeah, I've written it down somewhere. Yeah. It was um, then sampled into this, this hip hop tune. And then, oh wait, yeah, it was, um, Someone by Nas. Yeah. That was oh, it. Oh, uh, World Is Yours. The World Is Yours. I yes. Think Pete Rock did that. Yeah, Pete Rock. Ah, really? Yeah, Sweet. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then Nas's version of The World Was Yours is yours was then covered by Ashley Henry like eighteen months ago or so. Oh, back no. into this like jazzish, more kind of you know led by a pianist sort of vibe, mm. but with this hip hop influence. I feel like I may have heard that somewhere, maybe in like the hotel or something. Oh, right? maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. yeah. I was just you know it came. I was like. <laughs> and it's yeah. amazing. It, it can kind of like. Um, continue its own path almost like a jazz standard does like a jazz standard goes mm. through different sort of um personalities like every 10 20 years depending mm. on the, the style at the time or whatever and i feel mm. like you know hip-hop has that kind of element to it as well if you Definitely. think about it in a, in a slightly more like cut down sampled sort of version mm. i um, want to say this i mean don't quote me i'm pretty sure it's pete rock i thought about it, I was like i'm almost positive I, you can I fact am, check it but, i'm pretty sure it's pete rock yeah, yeah, yeah um just some snares i yeah, hear the snares yeah, right yeah, away yeah. and i'm like because i think with I feel like it was like Pete Rock and like Dilla kind of was like right after Pete. Like he was definitely yeah, 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 by yeah, him. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So Interesting. Like, you know, they both had incredible ears. And yeah, it was ridiculous. Like, the not, also to like, I hear stories like I heard Common talking about like him going to Dilla's house in Detroit mm. and like him going that da- like downstairs and just seeing like just records of just like wow. all these records. And he said that Dilla didn't go like, they would be like, hey, what do you want to make? And Dilla would literally, wouldn't even think, he wouldn't like, Search, you would just go, okay, 
and he knows where the record is that he wants to sample, fling it on, make a beat, well, then he'll go to the strip club, come back, <laughs> come back, right. and then and then keep it going. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he wasn't some like Dylan was just a normal bro, like just a normal like a normal guy from Detroit, like yeah. a, hood, a hood guy from Detroit that just happened to be a genius. And I think that that's what I, in an ideal world, like um, you know, like I speak to my friends about it all the time. It's in an ideal world, I, I want young people to understand that like geniuses and like pe- being good at your craft isn't far away you don't have to be it shouldn't feel like it's a, a, like loads all you need to do is that dedication and time mm-hmm. you know and loving what you do and if you do it enough you're going to be good at it and it's I think attainable that, that's it don't I, I think this idea of it not being attainable is what really staggers you know progression amongst the young people because yeah. you don't know i mean i was talking to this um this younger kid yesterday he um he popped up i told him i put him on you know i was like yo come tonight i got you you know you I think he's from Jersey, but he's doing some program in London for like twelve months. Cool. And he was he was just asking me for some advice, and I was like, you know, how old are you? He said I'm twenty, and I was just like, look, man, you know, it's, you know, it's just enjoy the journey because you don't know what you want uh, at, at twenty all, years man. old, and like, you know, he's trying to, you know, he he's trying to pursue music, and I was like, trust me, man, I didn't start finding my groove until recently, like, who I am, yeah, you know, I think. It just comes from playing, being experienced, 100%. getting experience, putting in the work, but also, yeah, just maturing, you know, your mind, you know, yeah. it's, you start to, you know, you view things a little differently, like, you're not as concerned with, like, trying to be hip and, like, oh, this is what everybody else is doing, uh-huh. so I need to hop on this, yeah. like, that whole, like, fear of missing out syndrome. Yeah, 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 follow, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, too. so, like, you know, that's pretty much the goal, it's just like, yo, man, just find out who you want to be, like, look at Thundercat, for yeah. instance, like, um... My friend, um, incredible bass player named Chris Fun, yeah. used to uh, play with Kenny Garrett. He plays with Christian Scott sometimes too. Um, we're from the, pretty much the same area, and he was in Kenny Garrett's band with St- um, um, Thundercat's brother Ronald Brunner, mm-hmm. and he said he remembered seeing Steven back then, and he had Thundercat <laughs> stuff all the time. He was like, he just been about it for a long time. Yeah. Like this isn't something new that yeah, developed yeah. recently. Like when he first dropped uh, his first album, yeah. you know. And so it's just like eventually, you know, people are going to pick up, you know, pick up on what's happening and yeah. they see that this is honest. Yeah, but, this is who he but is. It's, I think this is the thing with like, sorry to like, you know, no, but like with like social media and stuff, I feel like a lot of kids want it now. Yeah. They want it now, they want it now, I want it now, I want it now. Like, but you've got to do shows to know one. And it's scary. Mm. You've got, you got, yeah, it's scary that they want it. Because one minute, you, get, you can't judge somebody off a one minute clip. Exactly. And you know, I think we've gotten to that point now that like, you're giving people too much, um, too much man like all these props off a one minute clip and it's like you can take the best of whatever moment you had mm-hmm. and chop it up and put it and, on and, and also no one's in front of you no one's in try front and of play you. in front of a hundred people try and play in front of five people like this is the thing I think character building is important as well and I think the young people are missing out on that you've got to do shit shows and no one turn up and and, and you've got and you've gone to you've, you've gone to a place and they've told you there's going to be a hundred people and there's five people like you've, got, you, you've got you've got you've got to do it because then you've got to see how good are you that, that's when you see how good you are that's when you learn when it comes because that's those are skills that you learn along the way if you're if you don't have them skills in your back pocket you won't the progression will, will be stagnant and I think that's the issue I think a lot of these it take time, take time. Still love it. Still put the hard work in. Still practice, but don't want it too quick. You don't mm. want it quick. Quick is Christian always used to say. He he said he says it sometimes still, but um, he's always like two vibes. You know, on stage and then off stage. Like, you know, you gotta play 
as if there's still like ten thousand mm-hmm. people there, yep. whether it's five. Yeah. You just, I mean, you got to give it all, give it your all every time. Yep. You know, it's like you're still doing your job, man. Like it could always be worse. Yeah, uh, definitely. And so it's important to like keep that consistency. Yeah. Or as the young people say, keep that same energy. Keep that same energy. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to, you know, oh man. This show was lit tonight. Tomorrow, oh, I don't know if it's gonna. Then you see the crowd is a little bit lighter. Yeah, and you okay. just you give them like seventy five. It's yeah. like, nah, man. Let's go out here and play, have fun. Fuck them. We're yeah. gonna play. <laughs> yeah. They don't like it. It's all good. But yeah. I know we had fun. Uh-huh. Right. So. And you leave it all on the stage. Leave it all on the stage, and people will feel it. Play with love, and yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I feel like that's a nice place to like bring things to a little wrap. But I just wanted to ask you guys just to like recommend any great music that you listen to right now across like jazz, hip hop sort of mm-hmm. area. Like what's what's exciting for you? Um, I like Saba. Care for me? I'm. Um, you heard this? Mm-hmm. It's very uh, Saba's from Chicago. Um, I Ka- love Chicago music. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're they're really killing it at the moment. Um, he's like really cool, like No Name and mm-hmm. um, and Chance and stuff. Um, but his album Care for Me is like very jazz influenced. Um, but it's a hip hop album and it's about his cousin that got killed um, in Chicago. Um. And the whole album's about that. Um, and that's an album that really, really resonated with me. Um, that sounds impactful. Oh, it's a, it's a it's a great, great album. Yeah. Uh, so that album and uh, Boogie from LA's album. He's uh, called. Uh, Everything for sale. Uh, he signed to Eminem, um, cool. but it's a really good album. Sick. So those are two albums. Yeah, I'll talk into those. Corey, what are you, um, what are you listening to right now? Got some stuff. Um, this cat named Smino. Um, Great guy. He's amazing. Um, He's we've actually been rapping a little bit about oh, doing some stuff. We sent him some tracks. He was in London trip. recently. He was. I saw that. Yeah. Um, we haven't met yet, but um, you know, I'm definitely liking what he's like. What he has going on. Um, Obviously, my boys at home, you know, DJ Harrison plays in the band with me and Butcher Brown. He's always putting out new music. Um, Marcus Tenney, who also plays in the band, he's a rapper as well. And he's putting out albums like Sick. crazy. <laughs> you know, he's got some stuff coming out. He has Triple Trade dropping in May. Wow. I think May 10th. Um, it's going to be on like Bandcamp. But, you know, we'll, hopefully I can send you all a link to it when it does come out. Yeah, um, yeah. But also, um, yeah, I love what No Name is doing. Yeah. Um, I love a band. I mean, I like. I mean, I grew up on a lot of UK bands as a kid, actually. Okay. Um, Incognito, like Brand New Heavies, oh, yeah, yeah, all that nice. stuff. Man, my dad had all of that. Sade, of course. Wow. Yeah. Um, but um, there was a group called Zero Seven that I used to listen to. I oh, love no way. Way. That's yeah. one of my favorite groups, man. Simple things in my album. That's man. The, man they had That's some my, fire. Yo, shout out to Zero Seven. Man, I love that group. Bro. I really <laughs> so love them. Yeah. That's yeah, the phrase right. I didn't expect to hear today. Yeah, shout out yeah. to Zero Seven. Yeah, yes. yeah. Man, they're yes. incredible. Yeah. And so um. That, um, <coughs> Sir, he's yeah, dope. Yeah, sounds from amazing. From LA, sounds dope. Yeah, I like. yeah. haven't met him yet, but I love what he's putting out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's Marcus. probably some more people I'm like blinking out on at the moment, but you know, I'm I'm always open, you know, I'm always trying to keep checking out. Yeah, you can check out too. some UK guys, so like, there's yeah. like my, my people, there's a guy called Lil Connor, okay, mm-hmm. um, who's a rapper from here, cool, uh, cool. Alpha Mist, like I was telling you about, yeah, he's yeah. dope from here, yeah, like, there's also like, it's, it's yeah, like, I love what Yousef is doing, I haven't met him yet, we don't know each other, but yeah, yeah, I like what Yousef Days has going on, he has his own style, you yeah, know, it's yeah. very, he sees something very new, it's his own thing, you know, I loved his spirit on the drums, mm-hmm. you know, he's kind of. I feel like it reminds me of like some of the old stuff that that group Can used to do, mm. like that feel, yeah. just like kind of rugged. Yeah. Like, this cat is bad. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
We can have to do some sort of like exchange here, like yeah, just like yeah, yeah, swap yeah, some yeah. Spotify playlists. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. But I'm loving every. I mean, you were playing some crazy stuff yesterday that I, had, I wasn't familiar with. Oh, Ronnie really Scott's. Yeah. Nice. It was yeah. Killing. Um, yeah, it's so nice. Like when people come over and be like, "Oh, what that? are you playing?" Yeah. Just like yeah, share yeah. records. I wasn't like, and it's like I'm like, I want to be working right now. I'm not trying to. Every time. That's all good. I think you and Christian came over when I was playing a Yaz Ahmed remix album. It's like a British Bahrainian trumpeter. Really cool vibes. Hector Plimmer remix. Um, mm-hmm. Cool, guys, thank you so much for taking thank the time you, to yeah. come and chinwag. Oh, and yeah. Um, yeah, we'll share the recs and links to your music album as well. Oh. Nice, thank you. If you've enjoyed the show and you've gotten this far, then please leave us a little comment, rate the show, subscribe, and share it with your friends as well. We'll catch you in the next episode. Supreme Standards.